again to King of Kaiju, a le- uh, Monarch, a Legacy of Monsters podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the USA of A, and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm covering cats right now. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Can't complain, I guess. And even if I did, no one would listen. <laughs> And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, all right. So, for folks who are uh, new to the podcast, or if you aren't, uh, this podcast is a weekly discussion podcast on each episode of the television series Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is an Apple Plus uh, show. Oh, look at that. Siri was talking to me. And <laughs> the show uh, is based off of the Monster Monsterverse, which is the legendary um, uh, production companies, uh, Godzilla, King Kong, and that universe of films, uh, which one is uh, actually coming out later this year, which uh, we'll probably have an episode on the Dark Discussions podcast, which is another podcast that we do, and will probably be dropped on this podcast feed as well uh, to coincide with um, the MonsterVerse. Um, so uh, what do we do here? Well, uh, we're going to talk about the season finale this week and our wrap-up of the whole series for season one, assuming uh, there is anything more than season one. Uh, we do have a website, which is darkdiscussions.com. Uh, we do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at aol.com. We do have a Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast. And the reason for all that is King of Kaiju is part of the Dark Discussions News Network. So it's one podcast that us, your three co-hosts, do. uh, But we do other podcasts on the network, including the original and OG podcast, Dark Discussions Podcast, which is a weekly podcast on genre films such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and the like. Um, all right, so, uh, one other thing uh, folks can do is go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Patreon button, or just simply go to patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions and donate to the podcast where we will, um, uh, give back if you give to us, because uh, we do all this for free. If you give to us, um, for every $5 that you give monthly, uh, you have one chance of uh, us doing a genre film on one of our other podcasts, such as Dark Discussions Podcast or Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews Podcast. Uh, basically, what happens is if you donate $15 in a month, you would get three choices. Uh, so you could choose things like Friday the 13th or Godzilla versus the Smog Monster or Gamera 
or something like that, those three choices. Or you could just choose Gomera three times. And it goes into a spreadsheet, and every quarter we pick out of that spreadsheet with a random uh, number from a computer-generated number uh, from an online website. And we will do an episode on that movie for you. Uh, though if you do not donate, uh, that is fine, because, again, we do this for free. But anything can help us and is greatly appreciated. So tonight we're going to talk about our very last um, episode of season one of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I assume there's going to be a a hiatus, assuming there is even a season one, which means we will – I mean if there's a season two – which means we will also be on hiatus uh, with this podcast until a season two, if it ever comes uh, and returns as a TV show. Uh, but um, you can always, like I said, find us on Dark Discussions Podcast, Halloween Boutique, Psychotronic Reviews Podcast, as well as Cinema a la Carte Podcast, and uh, with hey, the Halo television series on Paramount Plus coming back, uh, the Cortana Communique Podcast uh, for Season 2 that's coming up in uh, February. Uh, today is January 16th, 2024, that we're recording this. Um, so let's get into our, our thoughts. We're assuming um, everybody watches the episode because we're going to spoil everything because uh, we're here to, to give feedback, uh, similar to our after uh, show episode um, and whatnot. Uh, the episode is called Beyond Logic, uh, directed by Andy Goddard, and who actually directed uh, the prior episode, and written by Chris Black. Uh, who, again, is uh, one of the showrunners. Um, all right, so let's get into our thoughts on this podcast uh, for episode 10 of the series. So let's start with you, Mike. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so first of all, um, I did check. The showrunner, uh, Chris Black, for the TV series, has said that things look good for a second season. This was just a few hours ago. Uh, the show has been very, very successful for Apple. Um, now we are, we are in a weird world with streaming services and that we don't know how much money they paid for Monarch. We don't know how much viewership they wanted out of Monarch, but I'm going out on a limb and saying that it sounds like it's in a good position to have a season two. But if they have not been greenlit with a season two, it means they have probably not actually done any work to start on season two. So it may be a while before we end up seeing a season two, um, meaning at least a year or more. So anyway, I just want to get that out, out of the way. And that's as of right now. By the time you hear this, who knows, maybe an announcement will have dropped, given that it's been already a few days since the final episode. So... um yeah, I, I watched the final episode and it was it was it was fine. Um, didn't knock my socks off. Um, I, I'm still kind of wondering what the end goal was here. I am annoyed, which that a series that does not yet have an official season two was basically written as if they did. Um, because it's written on something resembling a cliffhanger, although I don't really know that it is. Um, sure felt like one. 
<laughs> I mean, it was, but like, I, I didn't feel any. A cliffhanger should make you like really want to tune in to see what happens in that. Nope. This didn't really have that impact on me, and I, and and I don't know, like it wasn't like some big shocking reveal that happened. You know, it wasn't. Um, it was a, certainly a change, but it felt like a change in, in the status quo that could have come at any point in in the series. Um, we'll have some thoughts about where it's going going forward. I, I think I know what they were, the story they were trying to tell was going. If I don't know that they had figured it out all the way, it feels more like they had a beginning in mind and they had an end in mind because there's a mirror of events in the very first episode that plays themselves out in the in the, the final episode. But I think the, the glue connecting those pieces together, they maybe didn't know how to get there, and that led to some of the stuff that we dealt with earlier in the season. Uh, I still don't think they resolved the main problem. I don't know if they can, because this is really sort of like the lettuce in the MonsterVerse sandwich. Um, the meat is in the movies, and this is just kind of filling in this, the gaps in between. Um, so, I don't know. Um, it's odd. It's a, it's a hard thing to sum up. I thought it was okay, and I thought the series overall was okay. Um, I, I'm hoping that if this has done it as well as people say it is, that maybe they'll have bigger – uh, budget and bigger plans for next year, ne- next time out. But I also have reservations. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I actually was satisfied how they wrapped up, uh, or I should say, returned from the wrap up of last episode, because uh, I did have some questions. How did they land up at the exact spot? that um, the grandmother was going to be at, uh, meaning uh, uh, Dr. Kentaro, uh, not Kentaro, Kieko, um, and uh, because they pretty much went down the same hole that she went down when she disappeared, so it made sense. Um, and then um, it kind of Right. They had this really great moment between uh, Kaiko and, and uh, Shaw, where they were sitting together and talking about Monarch and how it's still there and what uh, Randa and she had done. And then she says, and you too, because technically he was an equal, even if he wasn't a scientist uh, in making Monarch and what they discovered. Um, but then the second half of the, the episode, unfortunately, um, uh, wasn't, wasn't as good. Um, it was, it was somewhat predictable who and what was going to happen. And then as mentioned that there's a cliffhanger and even if Chris Black, one of the two showrunners says that it looks good or he hopes there's a season two, again, what a, sh- a showrunner wishes doesn't necessarily mean uh, what the production company wants. Um, it is good science, though, that it has done well. I haven't read much about it. Um, it's it's viewership and whatnot. Um, so as a, a season, as a show, 
Um, it, I'm pretty much where Mike is. Um, it isn't the, the the worst adaptation of a intellectual property, even if this is an original story within the IP uh, from last year. And because again, this show started last year and then it, it crossed over to 2024. Uh, I felt Last of Us was was the worst show I had watched last year. Um, but uh, it could have been better. A lot of missed opportunities. Uh, the wrong characters. I, I would have been, to be honest, just have liked 10 episodes of the Randa, Shaw, and Kaiko story from 1950-something to um, maybe when Shaw reappeared in 82. Um, but they decided to have this weird secondary story with characters I didn't feel were really played much of a role in Monarch and, and where they could go. So, all in all, decent enough. Uh, Barrett? Yeah, um, I would say this show for the season kind of leans towards the mediocre. Um, there were a few episodes I really liked, and then there were more probably about the same amount I didn't like and then more mediocre. So it just leans that direction. Um, I would agree with you. I would have preferred uh, the show you were talking about with uh, Shaw and the other two. Um, you know, if it had all been about that, I'd have been good with that. But we got what we got, and uh, it was mostly enjoyable. I thought this episode in particular um, – for a finale, I thought it was going good, and then about midway through, it just becomes, I don't know, a little too uh, predictable, um, just didn't give me what I wanted. And uh, even the monster fight felt predictable to me, um, even though it was really cool to watch. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it was an okay episode. All right, so uh, what we're going to do tonight is discuss the episode itself, but also uh, we can go about and talk about other things related to the whole series, as uh, Mike had already begun by talking about what Chris Black said and the viewership and the strangeness of television today, whether it's streaming, uh, airwaves, cable, uh, direct TV, satellite, whatever. Um, and then, of course, all the potential merges of various um, services, and even with Apple now, at least temporarily, uh, dropping to number two on the most valued company in the world when uh, Microsoft, uh, in my opinion, surprisingly repassed it um, in the past week and a half, because this that directly can also determine um, what will happen with this show just for the fact that uh, it is a sh- Apple television program. Um, all right, so um, where do we want to begin? Um, so what do we want to talk about first? Do we want to continue talking about the, the stuff that Chris Black was saying and whatnot? Do we want to go right into the episode? Do we want to talk about the season itself? Uh, where do you guys want to go? Let's let's actually discuss the episode a bit. Um, 
there were things in here I did really like, and, and let's let's start with the thing that you mentioned, and that is the the Kurt Russell character and his uh, reunion with uh, Keiko. I thought that was handled very well. Uh, something yep. I, I with all the stuff we talked about, I, I don't think we actually hit last week. So it's pretty much revealed last week that. Um, he basically spent the last 40 years in an old age home. And I had had the impression up until that episode that in the intervening years, he'd actually led a life. He'd been involved in Monarch. He'd been having adventures. He'd been doing things. Maybe he had a family, a wife, who knows? Well, maybe. I mean, I, I got the sense he didn't, but yeah, maybe something else happened. But no, the idea that he's basically been rotting in, in an old age home since he was 30 years old or so. Yeah, uh, that didn't sit well at, with me. At least, at least bodily wise, 30 years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and well, sedated, right? They were, he was, he'd been on yep. meds. I, yeah. So that actually makes his story really kind of tragic. Yeah, um, it's almost like he's a, he became a defeatist uh, when everything went to shit, and when he came back and he was twenty years later than when he thought, that literally made him snap, PTSD and whatnot. Well, it's kind of like making... what it's kind of like what she was gonna do, like by not coming back. <laughs> That's basically what he did in his mind. He didn't yeah. come back, and and also no matter if. She married Randa, um, and he was then, quote-unquote, lost that battle to win the, the woman of his, his, his heart or, or the one, you know, his best friend, the woman he loved or whatever. That also was enough to make him um, have PTSD as well, I feel, even if he did move on three to four years after her disappearance – um, I, th- I think a lot of things just came together and, and, and made him lose it. And like you said, Mike, it, it made him become a tragic figure and a figure that unfortunately uh, had lost potential if he was that much of a leader uh, with that much of an ego or pride that was able to accomplish great things and instead remained static for the past 30 or 40 years. Well, and what what makes it even worse is the fact that they do a mirror image, and he's the one left behind this time, uh, right. or dead, or dead. And I just I didn't like that at all. I, it was just too predictable, and I knew that was going to happen from the beginning of the episode. I will want to interject and add one thing that's related to that, but not directly related to their relationship and his tragedy, but. The talking of how there may be even another dimension between the underworld and the top level of Earth, and that uh, un- that that was unfortunate um, because that was almost like projected stuff that they were telling us, the audience, for uh, us to understand things. When how would he even think of that or understand it? And, and it hadn't been spoken of much prior to that, if at all. 
and it just adds more supernatural elements to this world instead of uh, basing it in reality, even if they do go into the metaphysical or quantum physics. But again, none of that was ever mentioned, therefore leaving it just kind of hanging there as some weird, bizarre thing the screenwriters decided to add as an additional level of dimensions between the two worlds, and I thought that was just strange. Yeah, and I'll hit on that in a second. Um, uh, what what I did like with this is that is was was his uh, unwillingness to face Keiko, right? That he hides behind a tree. Yeah, yeah, that was and that was that was cheese as cheese can go. No, but I think. At first, I was thinking he just doesn't want her to see his old. And then as I'm thinking about it, that's part of it. But here's a guy who failed. His, he failed to save her in his mind. He failed to, uh, and he, he failed himself, his own life he fails probably. He, he, right. His own life, he's in his mind, he's accomplished nothing. He's failed to protect her son. He's, he's failed, he's failed to, to marry her. Too. Well, he failed, but no, that, but that by that point, I think that that had been resolved, and then and he had failed her her husband and their friend. But I, but I, but I think that and, still was probably eating his soul. But going like, and the only thing that's a success is 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 Monarch. But we saw back in episode three or four, uh, was three, four or six, whatever it was, there, in the back in the one episode where uh, about the funding where. Push comes to shove. He's choosing her over the over the organization, and I think that has a lot to do with the theme of the series. Um, is the choosing of the work versus choosing of the family, and that the family is and the people are the things that matter, not the work. Um, and, sense. He's, and he's failed the family, and and that's I think. Yeah, and, and he's failed on a personal level, if not on a professional level. But you can even and, argue that. And and multiple times you can argue too, right? Because he lost the girl. Then yeah. when he came to that uh, acceptance, because you do have a fair point, it was a few years later. He still he was still able to move on. He it's but again, you know, in the back seat of the car when Bill Rander and Keiko are talking, you could still tell that he was kind of um, it still hurt him whether or not he could suck it up but then like you said he failed because she died and and whatnot and, and he, so yeah so the family that that's a re- that was a really good uh observation uh failing the family and that the family is more important than the work and even in his eyes i i think if he had a choice do you want the woman and the family specifically that woman, because that was his best friend, or did you want the work and you only could choose one or the other? I think even though the last three or four years was really good for him with her and Randa and the work, I think he would have thrown all the work away if he could have just chose her. Now, I agree. That does I mean that she would want to sit alone, sit back at home and just have a, a life in the suburbs or in the city or, or on a farm. But I don't think he was that type of man anyway. I think he was the type of man that would have. He would have found something. He would have found. He would have. He would have found. He was willing. He loved her work, so he would have been able to do things with her, enjoying life with her, because. 
what she loved was what he would love. And so I think he could have had it all if he didn't screw it up because he could have told her that I love All he had to do was say, we almost went to, up to the elevator. You have to go away. I got to stick here for a little bit. I'm going to oh, – But they, fin- they know. It, it just yeah, – He lost they- her. He lost her once he decided to choose her over the project because the right. project was more important to her, to her. than he was. Yeah. And that yeah. is a failing of that family. And yeah. Yeah, I think right. with, with Kurt, with Kurt Russell, with, with Shaw, he feels now he's been a failure and he finally finds success in saving her, even though it costs hypothetically his life. Now, I don't like him quote unquote dying because it is the will he live or will he die will be entirely in Kurt Russell's agent's hands. Is he the Anthony Hopkins that what of Westworld as he is to Monarch? Right. And I think it's gonna be a question of where they go going forward. Now, as much as I enjoyed the nineteen fifties storyline, we now know the fates of all of those characters. We know what happens to Monarch. I think that storyline is done. There is no reason to revisit it in the next season, as far as I can see. Now, I will always throw the caveat on there that the people who are paid to write these shows are often very, very creative people. You never know what ideas they're going to have and what they're going to want to run with. Um, so maybe there's thoughts they have that I that I'm not thinking of to go back. Here's the thing. One of the reasons why Kurt Russell came out of semi-retirement to do this was because his son was in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if his son is no longer in the show, I don't know that they have any reason to keep him doing it. And at his age and status, it's not like he really needs the money. So I don't think. I mean – Maybe he I, – I, don't, I haven't heard of him having any kind of Nicolas Cage problems. So <laughs> um, I, I don't necessarily see a need to bring him back, which is why if they were going to kill him off, I wish they had killed him off as opposed yeah. to just – Leaving it in the wind. <laughs> Literally, yeah. No pun. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm leaving him like Kayako. What happened to Kayako, right? Yeah, and I'm exactly. still trying to figure out how well they're all being sucked into a portal – he gets left behind. Right. I mean, this, this the portal is sucking them up like a giant vacuum cleaner. Just because he lets go doesn't mean that the suction that's pulling all of them together is going to stop sucking him. Right. Well, and I, I hate that this whole scene, you know what's going to happen because this is yeah. exactly what happens in every other story these days. Yeah. Something happens and the thing can't work and the person gets left behind or the person dies or whatever. It drives me insane. <laughs> sure does. And also, um, to add to this whole thing, which resulted in one of the reasons why he did disappear or die or whatever, or whatever happened to him, because again, we don't know, um, was Kayako saying that she was going to stay behind because that world is not hers and everybody she knew was either dead or older. 
And I almost barfed when I heard that because do you yeah, want to go back? Stupid. Yeah. Do you want to go back to a world that exists where there will still be people at least that you still know and that will love you? Or do you want to remain uh, in a, a place where monsters could kill you and eat you and you were all alone for 57 days, <laughs> at least in her? It was the stupidest thing where, uh, that at, at I ever least, heard in my At the life. very least, don't you want to go to a place that has toilet paper? I mean, right, right, well, that, right, right, right. Have, where you still have you have electricity and clean water and food and, versus 57 years of, of being a rabbit looking over your, your shoulder wondering if you're going to be eaten by the next hawk that flies down and kills you. Right, it's, exactly. Yeah, that said, I'm glad she didn't stay. I I don't know. Everyone's people are weird, and I don't. You you could not tell me how I would react if it was fifty seven years later, and I had and and everyone I knew and loved had gone, and the world was completely different. And I, I don't know how I would have responded. So I I could understand a moment of of despondency, but. Really, what was the alternative? And that was kind of my my point. It was a dumb alternative. It it didn't make any sense. So yeah, I I, I don't want to hesitate on on saying anything about the character. But yeah, to me, it's the same thing. When I heard that, that felt like that felt like bullshit to me. That felt like a, a forced moment of bad drama. Yeah, they 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 should have taken a different tack with it of her like not. Of being afraid to go back, or not, or being intimidated because she'd be confronted with the loss, but not the "I'm staying behind." More of a I, I'm of, of, uh, expressing reluctance to go, as opposed to desire to stay. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> and that that might have been a important small thing. Um, but I do think maybe she's now picked up the lesson, right? She doesn't re. She's focused not on the fact that Monarch has survived, which was her priority back in 1954. She's focused on the fact that she, that her son is not a little boy anymore, that her husband is dead, um, that the world has moved on past her. And again, putting that, you know, I don't know, maybe you could argue the whole point of this story arc, which I don't think they, they really did well, is you know, the the whole, like, of priorities and work-life balance and all the right, what really matters to you. But even with um, that, it's only been 57 days for her, so has their personality changed that radically that the the mission is not all important to her still? I, I just, yeah. No, I but I, 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 I think that. you can have you can have a <laughs> thing that, that that makes you, and I would imagine being stuck in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do, uh, for 57 days may get you to rethink and re-question your priorities. Like, what is it that she was missing while she was there? What was she focusing on? Was she focusing on her son and her husband and her friend? Or not or being eaten? Focusing... What's that? Or not being eaten? Not being eaten? Or was she focusing on uh, getting back to her work and, and her, her business? It, and knowing or, that or, or, maybe, or maybe all of it. What we've seen of her character may, leads me to believe that she would have been all in about the job, wanting to get back, wanting to work with Monarch again. I mean, she gave well, him I, up because of the job. Right. Um, so. But again, I think this is this is the, the point of this, right? So because we see that that's the choice that Hero made 
is he chose Monarch over and the work over his family. Uh, and that's another thing I really like in, in not in that we saw it last week and it, and it came back this week. Um, is that, oh God, uh, is that Hero's basically not let off the hook. That Kentaro isn't ready to go play catch with dad. Uh, he's not ready to go to work with dad. He's not ready to forgive dad. His Japanese wife, I mean, the wife in Japan, is like, you, you know, now nah, here's the ring. I'm, yeah, goodbye. I, I like uh, that scene. I thought that was great. <laughs> so where, where earlier we had all expressed some fears that they were going to try to let people off, let him off the hook or find some way to justify his behavior, they haven't done it here. And I did think it was fucking weird um as hell and i don't know if they're gonna even bother addressing it that like mom walks mom has not seen him in 57 years and she's like so son what have you been up to uh i married two women at the same time and i know <laughs> had two separate families that didn't know of each other's existence <laughs> and it's like that's 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 not how I raised you, even even if I left you when you were five. What the fuck happened? Um, that's Selfish just, bastard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's like, oh, how disappointed is she going to be in him? Um, <laughs> so I was glad that they dealt, dealt with that. Uh, yeah, it's – like I said, I think that may be a theme that they were looking for. I don't know that they, they, they emphasized it enough throughout, which they really could have. Tim certainly did it when he left and quit Monarch. Uh, of course, the irony being that they go to Apex, which was, I the, know, organiz- I that was, funny too. Which is the organization <laughs> that may quit because she was willing to sacrifice her career for something she thought was more important. Uh, although again, she also sacrificed in a way her ability to deal with her family. Um, we don't know that that she knew that was going to be the result of that. Well, and I like did. how they say it's complicated. It's kind of complicated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, and and now this fast forwards to 2017, right? Yeah. So it's two years later, and we're on the cusp of King of the Monsters. And and that story happening, so we dealt with the aftermath of Godzilla in Godzilla 2014 destroying San Francisco. So now we're coming up to the moment when the whole world could go to hell before it's all magically rebuilt in Godzilla versus Kong. Um. So yeah, there's that connective thread, but I think that's what they were going for, right? That that was at the very least that the story they were trying to tell us. But, like, did anyone when, – when you know that there's not necessarily a season two coming down, what's the whole – I don't understand the whole point of the, of the Keiko story of bringing her back. To, I don't understand the whole point of the time time travel story. Um, makes no sense to me. Um, I know it's not time travel, but you know what I mean, time warping. I, I'm with Bill. I think they, they added – they took a thing that they just kept complicating, overcomplicating with every installment in this franchise. And now we're adding a time warping antechamber, right, a, a, <laughs> a, a, a foyer for everyone, a waiting room. Before you can get into the Hollow Earth, you have to stop over here at, at Access Monday. And while you're there, time's going to go by really fucking fast. 
Well, and I'm wondering but, if it's like, can it slow down and speed up? Cause like they were gone for two years and he, they were gone maybe a day. I don't know that they've even worked out the mechanics of like what amount of time spent there is equal to what amount of time is spent in the other world. I think they just made numbers it. up. I don't know and that they calculated it. I think they're no, just some, making numbers up. No, somebody calculated it basically and said, from what Shaw said, he had been there for a week and our X number of, and like 14 years had passed or something. So it's like, so he basically came out to a day is equal to two years. He had been there for 57 years and 57 days, roughly. So it's basically one year is equal to one day. And these guys, two years have passed. They couldn't have been there for very long. No, it was um, like hours, maybe it eight was hours. For, for a few hours. <laughs> and, you know, and it was basically coming out to like three to six years for the one day. Now, even if you said that they were there for a day, and you know we didn't see them the entire time they were there, so let's let's be generous. It was there was a day is two years, so you know that could have been fixed by just having her be there for thirty something days, and you would then it would all align to about one day there is about two years. Yeah, uh, that was really, of your life. Really sloppy screenwriting because they could yeah. have just said that she was there for thirty seven days or whatever, which would have. The math would have worked, but yeah, and it's an, and it's and it's so arbitrary, right? Because the difference—it's not like they had her there for seven years or something where she was lonely and alone for a really long time. It was not supposed to be that long for her. So, where thirty days versus fifty-seven days, it would have made no difference to the story arc whatsoever. And it no. makes it. What's worse is it's something that should be figured out as you're writing. I mean, you know, you've got this is going to be a plot point, so it's not like it's hard to think about. <laughs> so, yeah, at some point, you would expect someone to say, "So, do we want to figure out just how much time passes, like, so we can figure out how long she's been there?" It's like we know we need Shaw to end up being Kurt Russell's age. Yeah. How many years do we need to make vanish, and when will that happen? Right. And and then how long do we want to say he was there for? Because I thought he had said originally he'd been there for a few hours and then it turns in this week he's there for a week, which why really feels to me, and I've said this in previous episodes, that there is not a lot of communication going on between the writers on, on different parts of this. Yeah. Which is um, kind of strange because usually showrunners, you know, they they – you know, we always talk well, about producers. Producers always have their hands on the showrunners. You would think the showrunners would always have their hands on their minions, meaning the individual directors and screenwriters of individual episodes, because you figure that Chris Black and Matt Fraction had a story, if not written, at least an outline of points that these writers and directors that they hired to do each episode had to follow. So I'm just assuming that they're at fault, meaning Black and Fraction, because they are the ones that handed their synopsises and and talking points to these people, and then these people went and wrote their script, and then the script is handed back to them. You would think they would read those scripts. The scripts are much easier to read than a novel. They take 
very little time to 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 uh, read. So I, I don't I don't know what happened there to have these mistakes or flaws pop up well, unless I mean, it was in originally have... in the frac. It could have been already an issue in flat fraction and Black's original storyline. Well, I mean, you should have a writer's room, and from what I understand, with most shows and and. Again, this is dealing with old network TV rules, and maybe streaming series are different. It's basically you have a writer's room. Everyone sits together. You hash out an episode, and then you pick one writer. They take the episode, and they write it, the actual script. But the story beats, the basic idea of the show is something that everyone is aware of, right? They're all brainstorming ideas, and they all contribute. The A story, the B story, what happens with this character and this character. And then it's the details get worked out in the writing of the episode by the individual writer. Um, Where here, there's little things that, like, nobody raised their hand and said, oh, wait a minute, why is Kentaro's character completely different after episode four up until episode eight or nine? Why is... uh? Oh, wait, Shaw is going to be disappeared from the world, stuck uh, in a vegetative state in a senior's home for 40 years. Oh, okay, then how did he meet the Korean guard in episode three? Right, where did that – was? is this a guy he's known and not spoken with for 40 years? And it's just (laughs) – Right. Picks that up? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was very bizarre. Very, very um, and they're, they're all they're, and they're, and like I said, some of this is nitpicking, and some of this is sloppy storytelling. You know, again, why aren't we working out the the, the days here? And these are these are things that can be worked out and weren't. They're, they're um, fairly easy things to be worked out, to be honest. Right. Um. So it's it's it it could could have been done better. Now, we also don't know sometimes things change last minute. Um, I just finished watching a uh, the Echo TV series on Disney Plus, and the, it's only five episodes long. The show had a, a drastic reduction in budget at some point during its production. They had to cut an entire episode. Um, and if you watch the five episodes, there's a big set piece in each of the first three episodes and not in the second two. So you could almost feel the budget crunch hit there. Who knows what's – now, I'm not saying that it's a budget thing in this case, but who knows what, like, story changes they demanded be be made at the end. Um, anything could have happened that they had to go back and rework. Maybe they planned on doing one thing and ended up going someplace else. That's in the end. We can't judge that. We can only judge what's here in front of us, and and what's here in front of us is a little messy on the margins. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um. And 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 here's another one I'll throw in there. And I'll, again, I'll, I'll I'll Bill, you picked up on this perfectly, which is. Uh, the present storyline, we had no idea of what the stakes were until like episode six. And that's not good. That's um, true. Right, where we had no idea. And we were starting with, and it's easy to make mistakes from a writer's perspective, and many writers will admit that they sometimes take for granted that because this character is the lead, 
that the audience's sympathies will automatically be with them. And I don't know that they did that with the modern crew. And like, and they certainly didn't get us like, we never saw anything transpire really between the father and the daughter or the father and the son to really get us that relationship, to care about that relationship and therefore to care about them finding out what happened to him or finding out, you know, finding him alive when all we knew about him was that he was a bigamist who, who lied to both of his children, um, which did not make us want to really go and find this great and wonderful person. And, and he never having, becomes more likable either. <laughs> and, and, and what do they do? They leave us with the, and this is part of the problem I think of being a monster burst story. He's trying to stop all these gates from erupting and having, you know, 14 different G days all at once, which I'm guessing is what we get in King of the Monsters. That means he can't stop it. So we've been watching our characters try to stop a thing that we know they're not going to stop because they, they, they never finished that story in this season. They never closed the portals. They never, we, we don't, we, in fact, we, we just, because of the nature of the, the, the story they chose to told, tell we just decided to skip over two years of, of what's going on in the real world. When it seemed really urgent in 2015, nothing comes of it for two years after this thing that seemed really urgent, that we had to close the Kazakhstan portal right now. Yeah, it's... Um, I just want to say anything at this point. I'll be kind. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I say this, I think there were some of the characters, I think they did a really good job portraying Shaw's character. I think they did a really good job portraying the whole 1950s story arc. What little monster stuff there was, I thought was generally very well done. Um, I think they did do a good job of smoothing over some plot inconsistencies between some of the films here and fleshing out the universe, even if they also then made added the unnecessary wrinkle to the underworld. Um, so there were things. And, and overall, you know, it was beautifully filmed, great set design, great performances for the most part. Um, it, it just needed a little bit more work. That is true. Um, all right, so... What do we want to talk about uh, Monarch and how, um, I guess, uh, Tim quits and also Kentaro uh, and the whole stuff with Tim and his dad? Well, Tim quits because they won't try to save Shaw. And the rest of the team. And that's Tim's an awesome character. That's again going back to the the, the what I think is they're they're going for for a theme of putting people or ahead of the as the as the mission and not, not necessarily the monsters. And and the and and Monarch goes off and does what its its thing is. And I think we have to remember that Apex ends up as a bad guy corporation in 
Godzilla versus Kong. Big time. But but the the goal is to stop the monsters, which I think really isn't a bad goal. <laughs> That's just right. Um, their their goal was to you know build cybernetic limbs, and their goal really was to help people. Um, where Monarch's goal was kind of to to watch and track and and and, and do shit with the monsters. Apex did actually have kind of a human focus on it, and that may have included building Mechagodzilla to protect humans from the monsters. So maybe this will work, but it's just weird that they left the corporation uh, that we'd come to know and that they had spent all their time with to go with the one that's run by the the probably the most unlikable character we had in the entire series. Um whose name I can't remember, but May's old boss. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird doing that connection. Because uh, I, I, we know that Apex hasn't, in our, from what we've seen, hasn't done anything until Mechagodzilla. Are they going to, are they going to, and then we, of course, we end with the final shot of King Kong. So are we going to get Mecha Kong? What's, what's the story going on here? What's, what's the deal? Right. Uh, they're, they're at a facility on Skull Island. Um, and this is the thing. I think a good cliffhanger should give me a taste of what's to come, and I don't think they did that. They just said, hey, King Kong, yeah, we know. He's been here the whole time. He's in that world. You've given me no sense of what role he would play in the next season. What are you talking about, Mike? It's all about monsters. You don't need anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but like, how much how much footage of any one monster did we really get in this season? Right. Now, again, I'm willing to say budget could be a part of this. Though, again, I'll, I'll it, it, like I'm, it's this is where the whole I don't have a clue how all this works, right? Like um, Game of Thrones, no dragons in the first season. Why? Dragons are fucking expensive. Then we get baby dragons in the second season, and you see them a couple of times, not often, just a couple of times because baby dragons are freaking expensive. And by the time you get to the final season, while the show has been really successful, it's making money hand over fist, now they can show us a bunch of dragons. And House of the Dragons can start by showing us dragons out the gate because it's got Game of Thrones money to deal with, and they know what they're looking at. I have no idea what kind of budget they were looking at here. I know Netflix, I mentioned this before, Netflix for The Witcher, you, you reviewed One Piece. Is there a lot of Effect spectacle in One Piece? Oh, there's some. So, so The Witcher has at least monsters in it, which you you know you, and they're all CGI monsters for the most part. So it's a it's a relatively one to one comparison in that. Um, but we also know that Netflix is the the reigning streaming champ, and that and The Witcher is in its third season, and it's been a successful show, and Netflix just throws money at everything. And maybe Apple is a little bit more conservative with how it throws money at things. But maybe well, this has been a, a very successful show that they may say, all right, instead of seven minutes of monsters over the course of ten episodes, we're now going to splurge and let you do 20 minutes of monsters over these ten episodes. And really, just a few minutes can go a very long way. So maybe that will make a difference, and maybe and maybe that will be nice, and that will be a little bit more freeing for them. Not that, again, that that's 
all that this is about, because I do think the idea of the world of watching the monster hunters and people who keep track of them, I think that's a really neat idea. Uh, I, I, I could very much get invested in that kind of a show, but you still have to have some of the monsters in there a little bit more often, just a smidgen. Well, here's my thing, though, and I don't think this is a problem with this particular show because I think we got what I would expect for a first season with monsters. If you're going to invest in a show that has monsters, then expect the budget to be a little higher. And I don't think that networks necessarily do that, and in some cases it's obvious. Well, Barrett, I want to bring up something that you brought up uh, in a prior episode or maybe it was even offline. which is you, you, you've been watching The Witcher, and you said that pretty much every episode of The Witcher, there was monsters. There, and, there were a lot of monsters. Mo- a lot of monsters. <laughs> and, and monsters were a huge part of that show as much as, if not more than, the drama of The Witcher and, and his life and, and, and those characters that made up the, the top of the the cast. So, if a show like that has monsters and a lot of monsters and pretty damn good monsters, I must say, um, there's no there's no reason that this, this one shouldn't either. Obviously, they they have to pay Kurt Russell, so that 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 may have drained some of their their budget. But still, Henry Cavill, not Kurt Russell. No, no, no. I mean, oh, in this one. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. In this film, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe that. Cost cost a little more than um, it it could have been used for monsters, but again, also they you know they 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 gave his son a starring role as well. Which, and, don't, and, and and don't forget John Goodman. <laughs> Pay him. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was <laughs> just for even if it was for a minute. Um, but but still, I mean. You know, just like Last of Us, and I know I know the critics seem to like that show as much as this show, if if, if not maybe a little more. There, there, there's no excuse to take IPs that have a lot of monsters or in Last of Us zombies and not do what The Witcher did, which is an IP as well, which has a lot of monsters and supernatural stuff and, and actually put it in there. Now, Game of Thrones was a perfect example of where they didn't have to have right. the, the, the stuff because exactly. the books are in IP and those books don't have the dragons even in the first right. two, nope. you know, couple. So so there's no excuse for shows like this or Last of Us not to have what people came in expecting, especially when they're IPs. And so I, I think it's in the case of Last of Us, that one's egregious. They don't have nearly enough zombies. I mean, that's yeah, and, and that, that was, was a conscious that was a conscious choice by the the, the creator, who, who seemed to want to make something that wasn't what they were making. Like it seems like he wanted to make the road mini TV series as opposed to The Last of Us. And, and the, road, um, the road is way better, way better than, than. Oh no, but I'm just saying that's like that seemed to be he was way more interested yeah. in doing that than actually adapting a video game. Right. He and just I know wanted a, lot of a people, possible world without any any supernatural creatures is what he wanted. It seems right. Um, and and really de-emphasized the zombies for most of that. But that's a pre-existing story. Game of Thrones pre-existing story, which this is a, exist, a pre-existing, it's a pre-existing yeah. story, and the it's guy's not, job is to kill yeah. monsters. 
here. And but by, by the way, you could do episodes of The Witcher without monsters. It's just you know they they found ways to insert them. So like they just did an episode that's uh, we just finished watching the the third season. The second to last episode of the third season is a character wandering through the desert, and there are two monsters in it. They didn't have to be in it. They chose to put the monsters in there to add some conflict and unless, spice up unless some drama to unless what they. Unless it's in the in the chapters of the of the seven or nine. It's books. not a straightforward, but it's not a straight adapt adaptation of the book. That's right. Been, I guess, but everything they do in The Witcher feels natural as far as the monsters. Because the, because the character's job is to be a, is a monster hunter. Right. Right. So, yep. but you could, but because there's all this other stuff in the world going on, you could very easily do an episode without a monster in it because there's all these uh, interpersonal well, conflicts and politics and stuff going on, and you could have a wizard or an elf and something that's not necessarily. I mean, I mean, even, a giant even spider. Even Supernatural in the X X X Files had monsters pretty much in every every episode. So yeah, but they weren't dealing with giant CGI monsters. They which right. were a whole lot more expensive. Yeah. If you want to do somebody who's who had a power to change people's luck, or there was an episode where like a character could squeeze into play two episodes where a character could squeeze into tight places, or an no, episode I, I, where I someone changed between being a man and a woman. No, 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 I, Those I, I are things it. that are done on a low budget. Right. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But but then maybe they should have just had six episodes. Instead maybe. Of and honestly, they could have lopped two episodes out of this, and I think that would have been fine. Um, and I know, and we all, I think, are in agreement as to which two they would lop out, um, or at least tighten it up. I, and and I think that the story is that they're telling a side story to the monster verse. They're not telling the main story of the monster verse. And I'll, I'll liken it to there was. Um, Marvel Comics had a, a, a series years ago called Damage Control that was about the guys who went around cleaning up the, the mess after the superhero battles. <laughs> and so if they made that into a series and DC tried something, they did something similar to that a few years ago that went nowhere uh, as a TV series. Um, you could do something like that and you might not expect to see like the superheroes Every episode or a big, but you would like to see them here and there. And that's kind of what we got here. I think I was fine with the amount of monsters that we got in this. Like this, we had a one minute battle maybe with, uh, uh, Godzilla and the Ion Dragon. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. It was just really quick. Um, there was one episode that was pretty much monster free except for reused footage of Godzilla. Uh, actually, two episodes that were pretty much monster-free, except for reused footage of Godzilla. Um, and and those were also, I I think those were weak episodes, but I don't think the lack of monsters had anything to do with it. I think it was the fact that they were also episodes that had nothing to do with the '50s flashback. I was focusing on characters that we didn't care about. Um, I, I think what they need to do next season is figure out, make sure they have a coherent story. They they gotta stop with overcomplicating because God knows how many more wrinkles they're gonna add to this fucking underworld storyline, <laughs> um, which is just getting further and further out of hand. Um, in my opinion, I know that people don't agree, but I think the further out there you go, the more you stretch credibility, the more you're the the, the more you're gonna lose some people. Um, 
I think again, they, going, I think it could be done well, but it's not being done well because they're not, you know, like no, it, notes aren't being compared and they're making some errors as far as how it works. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all these people just adding, adding to what was there before adding to it in a radical way as opposed to fleshing out what was there before. Right. Right. Like, like I could very easily see like whoever was the like road skull Island. If you then warped him forward 10 years and you told him, okay, so the uh, hollow earth thing that you talked about. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually going to have a miniature sun. There's going to be a gravity inversion that'll kill you if you try to pass through it. But there's also going to be uh, uh, a little foyer or waiting room that you have to go into beforehand that when you get – you can only get there by riding a monster. But once you get there, there's going to be lightning that kills you for no particular reason, and time's going to pass at a completely different rate. The, the, the Kong Skull Island person was going to be like, that's not at all what I had in mind. I was thinking, you know, uh, a hollow – Spaces under the ground where monsters live. That was it, you know. And I think that just it's they're they're, they're overcooking it, um, and I don't think they have to. Agreed. And I'm wondering, and like I I was looking at some people conversing. There are people questioning, like, is, are any of these characters going to now appear in the new film? Which I can't imagine they will, because the new film is probably set in. 2024 or 2025, and the the they're in 2017. Yeah, 17. So that's right. That's right. So, Unless they go back to the underworld somehow and you know lose some time. And all yeah, I, and <laughs> you would also also they, also to have these characters appear in 2017, including Tim. And whatever happened to Duvall, she just disappeared. Or I guess she died in, in Kazakhstan. I I'm assuming she died there, but yeah, they don't um, tell us. Yeah, because yeah. you remember, you remember Tim says, "Have you heard from Duvall?" Duvall, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And so that could be a Chekhov's gun. You know, she she's going to be the next character appear if they had a season two or something. But yeah, yeah. but Chekhov's gun is but, that. You, no, no, if, I, if you I, have the if you have the no, gun I, in the first act, you fire it by the third act. No, no, I, not if you have a gun in the first. Season that you fire the gun in the I second know, I, season. I, I, I know, but but that wasn't my point. My point was is that that if any of those characters reappear in one of the movies, it would be really bizarre because what has happened because they're just suddenly appearing seven years later or, or you know in twenty twenty four and weren't in any of the intervening movies. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, like and it already bizarre. doesn't make sense who the boss of Apex is, considering right. we've seen Apex right. later, and it's not that much later. She would right. still be in charge. She's well, young. What, what they should have done. Well, I don't get the sense really that she's the CEO. Make, if, if no, they, but still, if they really wanted to somewhere. do, if they really wanted to make this series match up and have these characters appear in any other film. They could have just jumped and said it was twenty twenty four, right? Instead of twenty seventeen, right. and they didn't do that. You know, no, no matter because well, I also don't whether think she's they the wanted CEO to spend. They could they could keep Kentaro and Hero, and make it just two years later. I think it might have been harder to make say that uh, nine years had passed and not have to do some makeup with the actors. Um, right. 
<laughs> well, right. You mean for Tim and Katara, those folks. For Tim, Katara, right? for Hero, uh, for everybody. Everybody yeah, except yeah, the four yeah. characters yeah. Uh, that were down in the underworld. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Unless they, they changed actors to play the roles, as, as I think they're going to do with The Last of Us, possibly. But I don't know. Who knows? But either way, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's weird. So, I, yeah, I don't know how this fits in to the movie universe, uh, and it may not. It may just be like what Disney does with the Star Wars universe, where they, they haven't really matched the TV characters with the movies, which, to be honest, I, I prefer, because the, the one reason why a lot of people stopped watching Marvel and the movies was because there was just way too much, and if you didn't watch the TV shows, you got completely confused, because the TV shows were basically 10 episodes of, ten, and therefore 10 mini-movies, and if you couldn't watch those, and then you go and see a movie, like the last one, Marvel's, and you don't know any of these characters or their storylines, that you're completely confused. And so well, I, I, in I reality, having watched all of that, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that confusing. But people are afraid that that's going to be the case, Agreed. and yeah, that's go, and that's so going to turn them off. I mean, all you needed to know about Marvel's well, going into it is that there here's this girl with superpowers, and then you're you're off to go. Well, that's um, that's, that's that's fair, but but I, I could still see why people would be a little confused or or, or annoyed if if it really isn't oh as yeah big of an issue as you as you claim yeah. No, and I think it was like a, a probably a bigger issue with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because there was a whole story arc uh, with the Scarlet Witch that happened in the WandaVision TV series. I, I have a feeling – I do think – and I think that there's a fascinating story to be, to tell about the people who clean up after the monster mess, who track the monsters, who study the monsters, that is not going to translate well to a – like a big blockbuster where you want to just watch monsters banging into each other like children in a sandbox playing with their toys. So I think there is something there to do. Um, and I, and you definitely do not want to make people watching Godzilla loves Kong have to watch Monarch in order to think they have to understand it. So I have a feeling that there's going to be no crossover to that whatsoever, or if there is, It'll be in a very small way that there'll be a character in there, and you are not necessarily going to need uh, to have that character um, backstory. Understand? Just, because let's be honest, every Godzilla movie, for the most part, it feels like they a Godzilla Kong movie. They shuffle up the cast anyway, right? They do. They do. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been a problem in in the movies because each movie. They bring new characters, and, and the prior characters either aren't, don't appear again, or they appear for, you know, like John Goodman did in, in this show, and then disappear. You know, right? Yeah. So, so, so you're right. It hasn't been an issue uh, at all. Um, in the- It'll be a cameo, and people who watch. Let, let's let's say, you know, you have a Monarch team. Keiko may be on the Monarch team. People who watch the show go, "Oh, look, it's Keiko," and people who have not seen Monarch will just say, "Oh, look, it's another scientist who's." We don't know, and will probably yeah. uh, not be that important. Right, right. A good example of that is uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 video game. Uh, there was a Cyberpunk anime series that came out, and with the downloadable content 
addition to Cyberpunk 2077, they have some uh, uh, Easter eggs and small parts for some of the characters that were in the anime, um, similar to what you're suggesting they could do here with with these characters. And so it doesn't like. Um, yeah, there like was that. um, uh, who was the name of the author who wrote Justified? Do you remember? Uh, I can't think of the name. On? Justified. What is that? A book or something? The TV, TV series Justified. Oh, oh, I, I bring it up right now. Uh, uh, Emer- oh, Elmore Leonard. Elmore yeah, Leonard. Okay. Right. So there were there were two movies of his made, um, in the early nineties. Yeah, Rum of his books. Got, got shorty out of sight. Right, and I remember which two, but they but Michael Keaton was in two of them. Playing the same character, and it was a, it was it was done as a crossover, as a sort of a wink and a nod to people who knew that this was in this that these were shared characters in the same book. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure it was Michael Keaton, but it wasn't necessarily to understand both, to have seen both films to to understand it. It was just a nice Easter egg for people who knew, and, and I could see that happening. That's as far as I see it going. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, John Travolta was in Be Cool and Get Shorty. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, we get your point. We get your point. You know, I don't have to go through this. That's a, a different IP, so it's not as important. Uh, but I get your analogy. Um, so yeah, yeah. So so now, um, if the show ends and Chris Black and Fraction are Unfortunately, don't get there season two. Then it's just a standalone season with it ending that is a cliffhanger. Um, and if it does get a season two, well, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I think it feels more of a standalone in the same universe, meaning MonsterVerse, without actually affecting whatever they plan in any uh, additional movies that are coming out or they plan to have made after the new one that's about to come out. Does that make sense? Does that, does that sound legit? Yeah, I feel that way too. Um, So let's see, where do we want to go now? Uh, Any further things on this episode that that we haven't brought up Um, or are we going to, um, well, I'll, I'll bring this up. I'll bring this up. I'll say that I, I mentioned last week that May's character actually began to feel interesting um, in last week for the first time, you know, because she's now just one-on-one with Shaw, and her character seems important in that, just for the fact that she has to survive and survive with Shaw. And then this episode, she was completely worthless again except for the last two minutes when she talks to her old boss. And I was like, what a, what a major, major loss there. They should have just had like Kentaro as the, and and may merge as one character and not even had may. Yeah. Yeah. That, that did not entice me at all. I did not go into it. Oh my God. They're working for, the character I don't like at all for the evil company that I <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens now. Yep. Um, right, right. <laughs> and, and was the company that evil? I, I don't know. I mean, 
you know, that wants to make money. It, I, I don't think it is, but it, yeah, but the point yeah. is, I they, they thought they, they want us to think it's evil. But yeah, continue. Well, not only do they <laughs> want us to think it's evil, I think they want us to think that this was going to be a hook to bring us into next season. And the only hook I need to bring you into next season is Godzilla or Kong or both. Right, yeah. right yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I. Oh God. I, I think for me it's a pet peeve when you when you don't know that you're having a two seasons a second that you write a series yeah. to without a, a a you can have an open ended conclusion but you can have it with a conclusion. And, and, um, you know what? I think I think Tim summing it up things are complicated now. Right. I mean, you you work with the man, quote unquote, the man or the machine, if you prefer, um, if you have to. And and they're telling me that this is the machine and, well, this is just how it is. And then to add to that, when they keep on asking, where are we? Where are we? I'm going to say right now, even though it was never said and it may, it never may be said if there's no season two, but this is Skull Island. So, Mike, uh, you're saying you think this was Skull Island from the beginning because of King Kong, right? King Kong, the storm that we saw in the beginning of Godzilla versus Kong, uh, I I I know it said it's Apex Research Facility. I don't know if they said it was the Skull Island Skull Island Research Facility, but yeah, we know that Kong is Kong is was on Skull Island in 1972. He's on Skull Island in 2021, so I'm assuming he's on Skull Island in 2017. Yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, uh, we, we had a minor technical difficulty due to, uh, space issues, uh, but I fixed that. Uh, and we had a minor conversation that was lost, and I forget exactly what it was, but Mike, do you remember what it was? Because I know you were, you were saying something when, when, when we did lose that recu- three to five minutes of recording. I was just saying that I am certainly going to watch the second season, assuming there is a second season. But I am not going to be on pins and needles waiting for the second season because they did not leave the story in a compelling place that makes me eager to see where they go next. If they announced a second season with a completely different set of characters, um, I, I don't know that I would feel badly about that because I'm not really invested in the characters that have survived other than Tim. Um, I, I don't really yeah. care what happens to Hero, specifically. I, I think he's a terrible person, and, yeah. I, and I'm not interested in watching his redemption arc. I'm in the um, same boat. And the problem so, is, he seems like he would be a major part of the story. Now, I do question what would they title the series, because if our characters are no longer working for Monarch... Yeah. Would it still be called Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Would it be called Apex Legacy of Monsters? Would it just be called <laughs> Legacy of Monsters? Right. Which I think might be the smarter way to go about it. Or better yet, would it be called Tim Monster Hunter? Right. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I, I would be quite fine if they just focused and made this a Tim show and all those other characters could just disappear and go away. I agree. I mean, he's good. Yeah. And I have to say though, I mean, I like the, my favorite character was the character of Shaw 
and part of that's because Kurt Russell's such a great actor and his son is not a bad yeah. actor as well. And well, they, plus, plus his storyline as the best. man was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Right. So both of those things, I mean, so that, that character, but that character seems to be, you could say is gone now, unless they're going to show flashbacks of the younger version and he's still alive down there, which I really hope not, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, that, that's had, a really fair point. Go on, Mike. You if they had not, well, if they had not basically told us, which uh, they technically didn't, but they they really strongly implied that he was sitting in a kind of uh, heavily sedated catatonic state in an old age home for thirty years, I could easily see them uh, going to like a nineteen eighty two story and what are his yeah. adventures, what happens over the years, um. Oh. With the knowledge that at this point in world history, monsters are a secret, and therefore nothing could happen that could end up on the front page of a newspaper. Yeah. 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 Right. So – here, at least the world knows the monsters exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that part. I don't think I ever had a problem with with even any Godzilla movie. To be honest, uh, I think the problem I have now with at least this series and, and maybe I guess the universe, and that's what you said last week, Mike stating that um, the show takes itself way too seriously when they have a center of the earth as it is, and then now they added the extra additional thing, which is uh, in-between dimension. In other words, there's dimensions now, and it has nothing to do with just a hole in the ground that, that you know, uh, James Mason uh, goes, you know, and Jules Verne do their trip down to the center of the earth. This is actually dimensions now and not just digging a hole in earth and and i think that that and time time travel as well oh you're right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah that that was Compli- not good. that complicates it even more i think yeah that's right. really now, bad especially when they're all in the in the underworld in the last you know kong film so are all those people now, 50 years when later, when they, they pop up out of the earth, or are those characters, you know, <laughs> it's just, I don't know what they're going to do there. But go on, Mike. No, I would say just, you know, it, it's, I mean, technically they added aliens with Ghidorah, right? Like Ghidorah was a, an alien monster. Yep. But it's like there's only so many layers but, but that, that people that, will, ex- will that accept. Came from a, an IP where you could argue Ghidorah was. An alien monster. Yeah, right. but I also am willing to put money down on the fact that 90% of American audiences don't know that went to see that movie or that are familiar with know that Ghidorah is an alien monster, but Rodan and Mothra are not. Um, I just, I guess my point is that, like, if. If the next thing you know is that there's wizards in this world, and then they throw in the, and then superheroes, and they just, at, <laughs> some theory, point, at some point, at some point, it breaks under its own weight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to decide what genre you are, 
and you have to – I mean, you have to be careful about how many elements you add in. They've now added so many complications that I don't know that – time travel in itself is really hard to write. There's not very many shows or movies that deal with it well. And but, but also, why would it be in this this universe, monsterverse, right? I mean, it doesn't even have to be there, and they decided to add it, which was just weird. Yeah. Right, especially now – that all those characters at the end of the last movie that are in the underworld with King Kong are are they aging differently or is this on the other side of the dimension and so there isn't any aging you know what I'm saying it's like what, where are they going to go with that I, I don't, I don't yeah the only the fact that they cast Kurt Russell because they'd cast his son tells me that when they wrote, they already had the story with the dual role of father and son. Yeah. And that means that when they've, they chose to make a story in which you were dealing with these two timelines and therefore they probably already had the time travel thing in their mind. So I can't even say that they introduced it just as a way to to explain why Kurt Russell looks twenty years younger than he does. Right, which which is a weird thing anyway, because they could have moved this series up twenty or thirty years, so the fifties could have actually been the sixties or seventies. Exactly, and, and they could well, have except just for the fact that you had to tie into Randa's continuity, right? Although they, they could. They, they, didn't have they to could have, have skipped Randa. Um, yeah, exactly. And but it tells a, me that a different character. It, it, but it tells me that the main reason they did it is so they could do this twist at the end with Keiko, and that wasn't necessary. That, 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 that doesn't. That's not. That's not. She's not a character we cared about before the series started. She's right. not a character that has any connection to anything else in the larger universe. Right. Her being able to survive through time, you're like, oh my god, they're really alive! This is not like Gandalf returning in in the Two Towers, right? Um, right. It, it's... it's right, eh, right. okay. Or Jon Snow returning. Or Jon Snow returning, or any of these other... Yeah, it's... It's 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 just not the same, because it's not like she's the messiah who comes back and brings with her the knowledge. Right. She's, she's, she's just, just a I person. She's just a random person. Right, right, exactly. So that 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 was unfortunate, and I don't know why they decided to go make a story like that. Well, I, I would have just liked it as, like I said, either all the 1960s and 70s storyline, or if they wanted Kurt Russell in it, then had the two stories separate, and not decide to say, you know what, we got to bring them back to bring them both together, because that's kind of what they did, right? Because once they introduce Kayako's character in the modern world, they've merged two storylines together that really didn't have to be merged together at all. Right. Especially, like you said, when the characters of Kayako isn't going to be important to the main universe, Monsterverse, in the first place, and especially if Shaw's character is is now just one and done. I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe they're going to have a thing where he has a Benjamin Button, and 
he comes back as as the <laughs> oh, as please Kurt, God no Kurt, Kurt Russell's young uh, son, and then he can be in the modern world as well as Kurt Russell's son playing Shaw. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out as, as a joke, but but technically, to be honest, it may not be a joke. It's especially like you said, Barrett, when it comes to time travel. You know, um, we do know that time travel happens in the future based off of the relativity and light speed and all that other stuff that Einstein and a few other scientists um, wrote as hypotheses that make complete sense. Um, when even when they don't make sense, but I don't think anybody, even Einstein and all those scientists, says that you can go backwards in time unless we're we're, we're talking about fantastical ma- magic. But who knows? They can make anything up. As long as there's, there's something called quantum physics, they can just make anything up, I guess. Basically. Yeah. They're already doing that. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. But it's like yeah. you said, Barrett, which is what type of story do you want? You know, it, by adding the center of the universe in the middle of dimension between the center of the uni- – uh, I mean the center of the Earth and the main Earth, doing all that, how much more ridiculous is that than had they said, you know, Mothra had two fairies back in, in Toho days, you know? So why – in this world, they could have just had fairies up here or you said like witches or sorcerers or magic men or whatever you know you could have centaurs that appear why not is that any more ridiculous than a middle dimension and and a hollow earth i think there's just limit that people accept given the premise and 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 I, i could be completely wrong about this but you know, you you go into a mo- one type of movie expecting one thing. Like if we, if you go into a Lord of the Rings movie, or or how or Game of Thrones or some high fantasy type story, you're immediately putting on board a ton of shit. You're putting on other races like you know dwarves and elves and orcs and goblins. You're putting in there the existence of monsters like dragons and unicorns, and you're putting in there the acceptance of magic wizards and witches and and druids and maybe even getting into other gods. But the moment you have a UFO abducting people, people are going to go like, are you fucking kidding me? Yep. Um, there's, There's just certain parameters to which we have set limits of our imaginary worlds and we we don't like going too far out of it. When you have a comic book world, like the Marvel or DC universes, all oh, those bring in a whole lot of stuff, right? Well, and, and if that, you do it right, everything. But, if you do it right, you can do that. Like, there's an author, Philip Jose Farmer, he had this series where there are gods, but they're just people with more power than us and have technology we don't understand. They created centaurs. They created this. They could do almost anything. Um, centers are okay. You know, it just depends on how you're doing it and how the story brings it in. Right. Um, like if at the end of Thelma and Louise, spoiler warning. Yeah. <laughs> as they drive off the cliff. For a film that's now probably 30 years old, which is horrendous, makes us old. And, <laughs> and they drive off the cliff and you follow them falling off the cliff 
and then the car shake and they look over the out the window over the car and they see Christopher Reeve holding them up, flying them off to safety. We we we'd already bought four Christopher Reeve Superman movies at that point. But it didn't fit in that world that we had. It's not the story we we paid to. There would be no hint of that in that universe. It's right. what what are we buying into the minute when we pay the movie ticket, figuratively or literally, we go in expecting a certain thing. And and that certain thing usually involves if it involves a premise of breaking reality. Right. If you're going to go watch a film adaptation of a uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, you're going in expecting time travel. You're expecting right. a modern person <laughs> in King Arthur's Court. That's the deal. If you're going in to see a Marvel film, you're going or a DC film. You're already going in with a world that includes superheroes, aliens, uh, God, wizards, extra dimensions. You're, you, everything comes with that. Uh, if I'm going to pay a wizard, uh, pay a ticket to see a Hercules movie, there's a certain thing that goes with that. If I'm paying to see uh, a Close Encounters movie, I'm expect- expecting something again, a, a different sort of window that fits in with that. And it's 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 a weird thing. It's the way the human brain works, and you don't want to break their brains by, by throwing in something that com- that they're not expecting. That might completely shatter the illusion of the reality you've created on screen, right? Or right. In a when book. you cre- when you create a suspension of disbelief, you set rules that make sense within that universe. And and Game of Thrones is a, g- a good example of that they do have magic and uh, raising the dead and dragons, but, but they don't we, have grace. But they don't have grace, and even all those things we I just named. It, it it's they're kind of special and and aren't around that often versus say you know a, a regular game of Dungeons and Dragons. But well, in some of them, a game of Dungeons and Dragons, you're expecting all that stuff, so it's not a big deal. And some but, of those things in games Game of Thrones seem supernatural in that you don't know if what's happening is because of say they believe in this god or it's just happening. So right. yeah, I mean it's a little bit right. of a gray area. Right. So Mike's point is perfect example is like, yeah, I mean, if we have the Close Encounters movie and actual aliens come down, graze, and and they communicate with us certain ways, and it's not necessarily magical, but it's it's definitely things that we can understand and accept based off of some sort of quantum physics and science and and space mechanical because it's it's also spaceships we aren't expecting suddenly to see centaurs running through the wyoming desert to appear with at at the alien site and if the centaurs did we go this 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 doesn't make any sense what what is this right now in fairness i mean they added time travel as a wrinkle they have been slowly adding to the monster verse over the years so they keep moving the line back a little bit, a little bit, a little, and that makes it easier. We could accept time travel now better because they've already established all this other weird shit going on when the, the gravity inversion in a way that I don't think we would have accepted it in the 2014 Godzilla or the 2017, uh, 25th, uh, 2016, 2017 King Kong. 
Um, it, it's just it's they, they've expanded the universe that way. So yeah, we we, we got it. We play with it, and who knows where they're going to go with it next? But I don't think it's. But I think they're just adding these things in there unnecessarily. Yeah. Right. Yep, I think I concur 100%. Uh, adding things that are unnecessary and just complicate things. Um, all I can think of is they can they can fix things, even though I'll roll my eyes. Which is, oh, uh, the people that were at the in the underworld in and the last Kong movie, uh, it wasn't the dimension in between where you do age or don't age. Right, and that rule. Right, and then. Here's the other thing, is when you add these things, you add rules. And audiences are okay with rules. I've talked often on the podcast how often rules are very helpful in horror films um, because they, they they let you know when you've done something that puts you in danger. But they've just added – they keep adding rules to this universe, and and now they're adding a rule in, in, in an extra world that if you have not seen this TV series, you may not know about. When you go in to see Godzilla loves Kong, and when you and some people are going to go into Godzilla, Godzilla loves, loves Kong, Kong. <laughs> and when you see Godzilla loves Kong, some people are going to just like go, oh wait, how did they get to the underworld without passing through the Axis Monday? And other people are going to, what the fuck is an Axis Monday? And or or maybe they they do stop at the Axis Monday, and people are going to go, what the fuck is Axis Monday? Well, other people are like, no, it's the thing that was in the TV series where time happens really fast. You know, like, what? <laughs> it's you gotta get people on the same page, and simple is always better. And and I think this was a needless complication. Well, and honestly, they could say that the time shifts uh, randomly, like sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower. Um, so they could get away with the time being different for each entry into that area. Um, but they have to explain it. So they can't just, you know, come up with numbers and then not expect us to think about it. <laughs> yep. And at some point, the people in Hollywood have to recognize that there, are, that there are nerd shows. And this is a nerd show or nerd movies or nerd franchises. Yeah. And. So true. And, and by the way, and I say that affectionately, we're going to dissect this stuff. If this was a sports movie or a sports series. You would have sports nerds dissecting everything. They're going, wait a minute, that was the fourth out in that inning. Or, wait a minute, didn't, weren't they in the third down and now they're in the second down, but they didn't do 10 yards. Would, they, there, there, would be, there would be similar questions and looks for consistency and following the established rules um, laid down. So it, it really just depends on what you're looking at. This is, I think, why it's just easier to write romantic comedies. <laughs> I don't know. They do those bad too. <laughs> oh, they do them bad. I mean, there's no question that there's a whole channel devoted to them, especially at Christmas time. Um, but you don't have the same sort of logical rules following, right? Like how you know how is it that if she was a big city lawyer, she can now fall in love with a little country lumberjack or something? That's that's. Yeah, or or run a certain business from the country. <laughs> it yeah. makes no sense to be there. <laughs> anyway, I think we've ventured really far afield. Yes, we have. Yeah. Well, I, again, though, um, this episode wasn't supposed to be just to discuss 
the last and final episode of season one, but it was also to discuss the big picture of the series and probably the MonsterVerse as well, um, especially since rules invented here could possibly affect rules in future movies. And they already have one movie in the can that's coming out shortly that may and probably has nothing to do with this series at all. It may not even reference it. You know, we said there could be Easter eggs or a minor two-minute scene, Tim will appear or something, but there may be none of that. And so um, we're also discussing how how this fits in in the broader picture too. So yeah, you um, got to figure that Godzilla versus Kong, sorry, Godzilla loves Kong is coming out in March. It had been moved <laughs> up a month from April. Um, that had Kong, been filmed a, a year ago. Who, I don't know when they filmed Monarch. Let's say it was around the same time. When they were writing it, assuming that they actually wrote wrote one this time, when they were writing Godzilla, were they going to be gambling on the fact that we're going to include characters and events that were in this TV series that, A, nobody's hasn't aired yet, B, probably was not finished shooting, uh, and C, that people may hate or nobody may watch or could be a complete disaster? Um, I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see them taking that gamble. Seems very unlikely. I think it's way more likely that there might be cameos in it that would be easy to cut in case the season, in case the series was, you know, an utter disaster, which it clearly wasn't. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, all right, so do we want to discuss anything further on the episode? I think we have. Okay, anything further on the series, season one? I don't know. No, I think we hashed it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any, anything else related to the MonsterVerse or the new Godzilla vs. Kong film? No, I will just say that the failing of the series outside of Godzilla vs. Of, of Kong Skull Island has been the human characters. I did laugh. I saw somebody from the like when I was looking up how whether or not the new season has been greenlit. There was a side story uh, about one of someone defending the human characters in the MonsterVerse, and basically. They said, no, we have good humans in the MonsterVerse. Look at all the great characters there were in Skull Island. It's like, yes, that's the one thing in the MonsterVerse everyone concedes had good human stories. Now, do that with anything that had the word Godzilla in the title. And you're going to have a problem, right? That's within the, the, the legacy MonsterVerse. Obviously, I'm not referring to Godzilla Minus One or Shane Godzilla or Godzilla 1954. Um, I think everyone concedes like Skull Island had the best human stuff. I'd like good human stuff. I don't want a good human stuff at the expense of good monster stuff, but they can do the good monster stuff. They've shown us the good monster stuff. Now put some filler in there. You know, give us a meal with the dessert, like Godzilla minus one did. Yep. Yep. All right, so uh 
what is next uh, for the episode is the uh, Kaiju of the Week, or Kaiju of the Week, and yes. then our discussion on the future of this podcast and uh, and whatnot. Not much to say, but but you know we can talk about that for about five minutes and uh, some uh, house cleaning and then uh, wrap up. So yes, Kaiju of the Week. Um, yeah, so I was thinking of a bunch of them. Um, and, you know, I was thinking of the Daya, well, I can't even pronounce it, uh, Dajaman, uh, Dimogen, Dimogen, I don't know. Just make it worse, pull the band-aid off and say it. Yeah, but that's not, I I was going to use that one, because I loved those as a kid, and, uh, they. I saw the first one, it was, it was good, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to go with uh, – and they're a period piece too, which makes it kind of more interesting. Um, but uh, then I was thinking of going with Angry Red Planet uh, because that was a really good movie itself with a giant uh, spider type cat bat creature at the end, uh, and that was pretty awesome. And then there was uh, uh, the, the the one about the uh, planet, the eighth planet. The eighth planet of the uh, of the solar system. I can't even remember what it was called, but uh, it was it was a pretty good film too. Um, also from I believe from uh, Denmark. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, I, I went. I decided to go with uh, um, Journey to the Seventh Planet. That was the other one I was thinking of. And oddly, okay. Oddly, the funny thing is, is out of all these these films, besides the Damagen ones, the Angry Red Planet, Journey to the Seventh Planet, which also had a really cool monster at the end, and the one I'm going to choose were all written by the same uh, um, screenwriter who uh, recently just passed away during our Dark Discussions podcast, and I remember bringing it up to you, Mike, when we were we were. Uh, doing, I think, the War of the Worlds episodes way back. Um, but uh, the film is Reptilicus, and I did bring that up on episode one of this podcast when I was talking about a bunch of kaijus. And uh, Reptilicus, once again, uh, written by Ilb Melchior, uh, a Danish-American novelist, short story writer, and screenwriter and whatnot, um, takes place actually in Denmark, um, and Reptilicus, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, this monster movie, but, um, it was there meaning Dan- Denmark's, uh, um, I guess, answer to both Japan and, um, and Ray Harry Hawson to make their version of, uh, the monster movie. And it used to play all the time on, uh, local television in the New England area specifically Greater Boston, and it was actually released in the United States by American International Pictures, which a lot of films uh, from foreign countries, whether Japan, Europe, or whatnot, um, were picked up. And Reptilicus is kind of like a Godzilla dinosaur-type creature, um, and actually kind of has almost like four legs, too. And he has this really cool red tongue, and there was one scene in it that really affected me as a kid, uh, watching it as like an eight or ten year old. 
which was – oh, the film came out in 1961, by the way. Um, and it was a film where – a scene where a, man, a husband and a wife and their little children, girls that are, are eating supper, and Reptilicus rips open the roof and literally eats the father in front of uh, it's their, the family. And then I think may even, and I can't remember it exactly because I haven't seen the film for about three or four years, uh, squashes the house too. So they, they went places that films back in 1961 wouldn't. And for a young child like myself, it horrified me. Um, and it's stuck with me since. And I've always thought, for me anyway, it was one of the stronger um, kaiju movies that weren't from Japan, and I, I always enjoyed it. Now, um, it gets average reviews by some critics because, again, it's it's you know quote unquote the rip off Denmark's rip off of Ray Harryhausen and Toho, but um, I feel it had a pretty cool story, pretty cool monster effects, um, and even how the creature. Uh, is released is interesting too. Where during a a dig, they they find a, a piece of flesh that's the size of a, a human, you know, like a five foot woman or something, and it grows into the reptilicus monster. And I forgot the reason why. Um, and um, it was a pretty pretty fun film, I thought, and it has a pretty cool 1960-1950 type movie poster uh, with the monster and and its artwork and um, uh, people dying, bridge getting destroyed, uh, attractive woman in peril and all that other stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm choosing Reptilicus as my kaiju of the week. Um, I'm not sure. Have you guys uh, any, any thoughts or comments on this film? Assuming either of you have even seen it, it's been a long time. I just remember the name Reptilicus, basically, and uh, I mean I liked Rep- Reptilicus. That's pretty much it for me. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mike? Have yeah, you I, I am familiar with it. I don't believe I've ever seen it, but it makes me laugh because I just watched a something on YouTube, uh, someone's monster movie channel. Uh, I, I don't know, it just popped up in my stream where he had like the, the best, was it like the best non-Japanese giant monster movies of the 1950s or maybe 1960, when, was it 1950s or 1960s? Uh, 1961. So, so maybe the, you know, that, that. Of the 1960s. Maybe, yeah. And that, and that was, uh, on that list. Um, I don't remember where it was on the list. I think it was only. I don't think it was 10. It might have only been five or six. Uh, and so we talked quite a bit about it. Um, and I guess there are two versions. There's an American cut and a Danish cut. And, like, in the American cut, he, like, spits out uh, yes. venom. But in the Danish cut, he doesn't – instead of spitting out the venom, he flies. So um, it is it is available if anyone's interested in watching it. Uh, you can watch it for free with ads on uh, Roku or Tubi, uh, or if you're a subscript to Pulp Picks or Fling, Flix Fling, uh, you could and you could watch it free there, or you could rent it on Vudu or buy it on Vudu and Flix Fling. Well, now I might have to watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, for folks who are curious, uh, yeah, I'll do a 
my own thing here, which is uh, you brought some stuff up, but I'll, I'll bring up uh, Just Watch, uh, which is a uh, app that lets us. Rip. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at now. So I just watched, um, so, which you know, yeah. uh, it came from beneath the oh, yeah. sea on. on oh, it's um, on. Yeah, it's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. On Tubi. And yeah. so for people who do not like ads, the we came from beneath the sea had an ad, but it was literally one ad about ten minutes in, and that was it. And that was Tubi as well. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. my point. Is that it's probably, it might not be that bad as far as uh, ads go. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've never had really much problems with Tubi, to be honest. Um, ads with, with Tubi, um, especially when you can watch films unedited for free um, in in high definition quality, uh, to have maybe a couple ads before the movie, or maybe uh, one ad in the entire movie, or one ad every thirty minutes. I mean. That doesn't bother me. There's the ones that are like every 15 minutes, and you're like, what the? You're right, because that's just regular TV. Right. Right. Well, I have like a problem with them doing it now on Amazon streaming. um, Yes. Because (laughs) we paid for it, and that's not what we paid for. You paid for like a year-long subscription to the Amazon Prime. Right. Uh, But when you get somebody like Netflix or Disney Plus or Paramount or uh, Peacock, Offering it as a cheaper option, um, I understand people like uh, our uh, our beloved podcast co-host Eric Webster doesn't want to do ads, and he's happy to pay the extra two dollars a month so he doesn't have to see the ads. Yep. Fuck Tubi. Well, not well, but not everybody, <laughs> not everybody can afford the the extra two dollars a month, and it would be a choice Agreed. of either subscribe to two channels with no ads or three channels. Where, where one or two of them have ads. Yep. Um, and some people just don't mind the ads in general. You know, it's it's not like back in the day where in order to get a two-hour movie onto ABC, they were going to have to cut out 20 minutes of the movie to squeeze in the commercials. Right. You're still going to see now, the whole thing. Yeah, now during commercials, I just go and do something for a few minutes. You know, it's like... <laughs> I take, yeah, I, I go take a leak or I mute it. Yeah. Um, and if I come back and I, and it's already the movie's resumed, I can rewind to where the commercial ended. Yep. So yep. I don't think it's that big a deal. Yeah, me neither. Uh, oh, oh, well, especially if it's free. And yeah. it's free. Right. I understand, I understand the complaints of, I, I got streaming to get rid of ads and now I, I've replaced free TV with ads with paid for TV with ads. That doesn't seem like a good trade-off. So, right. but again, I think if you look, and there, there, this is a whole other issue that people are way more knowledgeable about than I am. Um, the streaming model isn't really working. There is a reason why HBO Max and Disney Plus and even Netflix. Like are changing their policies. Why Netflix had to crack down on password sharing? While they're offering ad-supported options, because they the the hypothetical universe in which we spend a shitload load of money making streaming streaming series, something happens, we get a whole bunch of money back, was not working out. Wishful thinking was not getting them their money. It was not getting the subscri- subscribers they wanted. But too many people figured out how to game the system. 
right, where they, they sign up for three accounts uh, for a month just using different emails or they share their passwords or they subscribe for a month, watch everything they want, and then unsubscribe and subscribe to something different and just rotate that uh, that and watch like a different streaming service every every month or so. And, and I'm, by the way, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Those are their rules. They came up with them. Uh, I, I think they just overestimated how much people are willing to pay uh, for these streaming services, especially when so many people, uh, let's be honest, just watch Corinth illegally. Um, well, and there's just too many of the streaming services. People just right. can't afford to buy or pay for every month 10 services. Um, they're going to pick and choose. So, and you can't be like the most expensive one and not have equal content to one that's cheaper. Right. And like when Disney Plus started, it was $10 a month and now it's probably like $20 a month. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's, it escalates and, uh, they, then they need to find a way to make money. And that's the why TV worked for so long is because ads gave them money. Yep. Ed paid for those things that you enjoyed watching. Right, right, right. Me, yeah, yeah. Grown we, up we, we, in the network TV era, that's that that's an economic model that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, is that our TV show does well, we get more viewers, we charge you more for ads. We get more money, we can put a bigger budget on the show. And when yep. people stop watching the show, people stop paying to put ads on the show, we cancel the show. Where at where Netflix, I have no idea what they consider to be successful or not successful, and and <laughs> you know what what shows are worth giving billions of dollars to, and and which shows aren't. There was a story about some show that they did that they spent something like seventy million dollars on that never even filmed an episode because the person they gave the money to, the same guy who did the uh, the Keanu Reeves movie uh, was it Forty Seven Ronin, just like pissed the money away, invested in. Um, uh, Bitcoin or some other digital currency. You know, it's just uh, it's gotten out of hand, and I can I can at least it seems to have gotten out of hand. Money's flying all over the place, and I think the spigots are finally getting turned off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And and you know, like like uh, you said in the past, Mike, and I've said, and you bear it as well. Um. The, the audiences are, are so splintered uh, because there's just so much entertainment options with so many different channels. I mean, whether even when it was cable in the past 30 years before it jumped to what we have now with streaming, there's just way too many shows. I mean, like I, I said once as a, uh, when we were talking about um, Dexter on one of the Dark Discussions podcast episodes, we did an episode on Dexter, and – I mentioned that, you know, my wife, who's never seen the show, all the actors and actresses from that show, when she was reading her Star magazine, she didn't even know who the hell any of them were because unless you watch those shows, you don't know who these people are. And and it's just how it is because there's just way too many shows and and some of these shows you only can see if you pay for them. And that's just how it is, so – so it's an interesting aspect, which is fine because, again, you know, more options is always better for at least the the viewer. Uh, just as there's other things you can do too as a viewer, which is play video games or play a board game with your family or go to the gym or 
take a walk with the dog. You know, it's uh, that's the one thing Hollywood keeps on forgetting is that there's other things out there. Just you know, listening to music, you know, playing well, a game a, on your computer, <laughs> re- reading a book. Yeah, reading exactly. a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, and all those things oh, add up. Going, all those... going, going to a bar with your friends and just yeah. hanging out. Yeah. And all those things though cost money. So yeah, I mean, only so much can go to streaming. Yep. So at some point, there's a breaking point. I, I think everybody is at it. That's a consumer at this point. Yep, yep. And I'll just add, throw this out just a little bit, and we don't have to get into it because I know none of us want to talk about it. But also sometimes these these uh, writers and directors and, and producers w- want to throw their politics into the stuff and people just turn off. So, And, and, and no, no discussion on that, but I think we all agree that that has splintered audiences as well. I think, you know, there's there's things where, you know, let's go um, in the heat of the night. That was a Don't thing I... that was the politics were up front, right? Um, it was there. I just watched the movie um, American Fiction, which makes a political statement, and that's up front. Although, it, although it, to its credit, it doesn't challenge it, it challenges its own premise, right? It questions the, um, the statement it's putting forward. So it's not just a simple, this is it. But you have to get through the entire movie to get there. Um, but you at least go into the movie knowing that's what it's going to be. Um, not everybody wants to be hit with politics on everything. And there are some people who will say that everything is political, and, uh, I, I, and, I and culture culture has become political. They they and, can say and, otherwise and say no, no, this is just how it should be. But it is it is political. But right, anyway, and I and, and I understand and I and I understand why. Yeah, technically, yeah, you're right. But people need a break from that, and the people who don't take a break from that, I don't think are mentally healthy. Um, and you, you really need to let some people just enjoy their silly monster shows or, uh, or, or whatever it may be, their, 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 their ball games without having something that is thrown in their face. And if you're going to do that, whatever political statement you're trying to make, um, then don't be shocked when you get backlash. Right, and that backlash can just be people turning it off. It doesn't have to be Twitter wars or or Facebook wars. It can just be shutting it off and 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 doing what you said, Barrett, which is play the computer game or read the book. Yep. Or go to the gym. Or take the family out to the restaurant. Or watch the ball game, as you said, Mike. Or play Monopoly. A lot of things you can do. Well, it also doesn't help that you're in a world where there are people who are willing to exploit something that has a political point of view, and I'm certainly, <laughs> and they're they're willing to just condemn something because it has because they think it. Let's the, the movie The Hunt, right, which we reviewed. Uh, it came out right before the pandemic hit, or as the pandemic was breaking. It had been delayed because the movie The Hunt. Uh, had gun violence in it, and there had been a school shooting. And then it got delayed again because the, when the trailer dropped and people saw the trailer. Uh, it was a bad trailer. It was a very bad trailer. There there were people on the right who got upset because they thought that it was 
uh, actually endorsing going out and hunting and killing uh, people with with uh, uh, with conservative politics. Which, which actually, unfortunately, the, the trailer was made to make it look that way. It was very, very bad marketing. No, it wasn't, because if you have to be brain dead to actually believe that that's what the movie was about. But, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about I'm the sorry, I'm talking that, about the that, trailer. I'm talking about the trailer. I, I understand that, but that's from the trailer. I've never seen a movie. There have been dozens of movies about people hunting other people. At no point ever has the, the, the movie been about the people hunting other people are the good guys in this movie. Oh, I'm not Ever. disagreeing with. I'm not disagreeing with anything. So you said, these Mike. are people uh, who were deciding to take something, all right, now we make get an assumption politics. without seeing with, I didn't and, want and ran politics. with it. And so <laughs> the point being is that people will whip people up into a frenzy, and they'll keep people away from your 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 show or movie, and it goes both ways, without actually um, having seen it and giving it a chance. So it's best to steer clear, generally, unless that is the specific purpose of the piece of art you're creating. Now, to, to, just to uh, make peace with you, Mike, uh, all I said was the trailer was a bad trailer. I'm not saying that the people who took that trailer and then ran with it were asses or not. I was just saying that the trailer was unfortunate marketing. My opinion, that's all. No, I thought the trailer was funny, and I and, and I I think you could get an idea what it was. It was going to be a satire. I don't think it was endorsing anything, and that's what people were making it out to see. Fair enough. All right. So what we have next is season two. Now, if the season two comes out, uh, when do you think it will come out? Because, for example, last of, uh, like you said, Mike, if they don't know, that means they haven't even started production, may have not even started writing. And as we know, or I should say me and Barrett know, because uh, we were just talking about it on Anthony Thurber's show as as guest hosts or, or or not guest hosts yeah guest hosts um the other night uh last of us season two is coming out in 2025 and then as we me and you mike and barrett were talking on our end of the year discussion of dark discussions about the halo tv series um we discovered that that show came out in 2022 and now it's the new season's coming out now so what i'm saying is Similar to Westworld or Game of Thrones or other high-profile television series, um, there's been a big gap in years um, from season to season, unlike the good old days when, you know, you could count on uh, X-Files or Supernatural to appear at the same time well, every the, year. The, the increase in quality, generally speaking, of television – and by which I'm not necessarily just referring to writing. I'm talking in terms of the cast, in terms of the production quality, location shooting, and all this other stuff that they do is time. And the time means that you're going to have more time between seasons. You're not doing a thing where they used to do you, – you, you, they took a break off from like uh, in um, – usually it was like May and June. They were writing in July, filming in August airing in September and as episode one of the season was, was airing there's they're starting to write episode eight, you know, and filming episode five. Right. And so the whole thing is a running production and it's airing as they're making it. Right. That was back when you had 20 to 26 episodes a season. Oh, did we lose Mike? It appears so. 
and it ran from September and for the next season. It hasn't been renewed yet. Contractually, nobody's going to work on this until that's until they are guaranteed to see some money, and that's not going to happen until it gets renewed. I understand that technically these people already have this, but you know, so let's say White Russell or Kurt Russell or anybody else involved in the show, they may be filming another series, they may be filming a movie, they've got to work around their schedule even though they're contractually obligated to do this. And, but then the question is how much money are they going to pay them to do this? How much money are they paying the writers and everybody else in the cast and crew? And then they can start writing it and then they can start planning it because they're going to know, Oh, we need to film in Reykjavik and we're going to need to film or find a place that will double for Reykjavik. And then we need to find a place to film this scene in Brazil and all this other stuff. And then they can film it, and then they can edit it, and then you have to throw on the, the special effects work. Which for something like this, the special effects can be considerable. I cannot see us getting um, a second season of MonsterVerse any earlier than late 2025, mid to late 2025, a year and a half from now. I, I think 2026 is probably like more reasonable. And that makes sense, Mike, because as we discussed, um, and offline, we were, we were, uh, some of us were, were, me and Barrett were talking to, uh, uh, Sean and, and other folks on the, the She-Hulk, uh, Facebook private group that we have, um, cause we did a podcast on that. That show was just announced to not get a second season, um, today. And the thing is, is, um, what, you're making a good point about is like She-Hulk, and, and well, let me rephrase that. Like other shows that we 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 know of, like Last of Us or um, Halo, they were greenlit during the middle of the season, if not even the first episode. Like Halo, they immediately said after the first episode and how big it was that season two is, was was greenlit, and then same with. With uh, Last of Us, that one got enough good reviews and interest that it was greenlit pretty quick as well for season two. This one, like, say, She-Hulk or Lovecraft Country or various other shows that have folded, this one here, which hasn't folded yet, just, just to be clear, this one here was not announced during the season that a season two would come, nor was it announced that it was just going to be a one-and-done thing like um, – the um that HBO television series about um the bad superheroes what's what's that show uh, the watchmen so what that means is you're right i don't i don't think we may get anything until maybe 2026 assuming we're all still here that because it it didn't get greenlit immediately which is is interesting, but it's also interesting that the showrunner, at least one of them, Chris Black, stated that this wasn't a one-and-done show like I think Lindeldorf was his name that did Watchmen that said, yeah, I'm, I, it's just one-and-done. I'm not doing yeah. the second season. So obviously people aren't uh, united – have a united front for this show. Going forward, like uh, like Watchmen was was or Halo 
or Last no, of they, Us they was. They pretty much knew Last of Us because there was a second uh, video game series. This adapt, The first season adapted the first video game. The second season will adapt but, the second. But if if the series had, had, hadn't done well so well quickly, it probably wouldn't have been greenlit is what, what I'm saying. No, but I think they they, they have a, an advantage in that they – know what's going to happen in the in the, the sequel. Right, I don't think that's uh, well, the case. Well, with... that, that's true, but I, I would think if Game of Thrones had not caught on, they would have just canceled that too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's fair. Your point is still taken as, as valid. So I, I think, I think um, since, yeah, since there isn't producers saying, yeah, this is going to be greenlit, and Chris Black saying this is only a one and done, I think that could leave it in limbo for a little bit. I even said, I think offline, I actually may have said this on our 2023 Recap Dark Discussions podcast episode that's coming out uh, end of this week. I said that, I think I said that they may wait for Monarch Legacy Monsters to see how the next Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong film does as well as partly one of the reasons they want to just see where that goes too. Maybe. Uh, it'll be curious to see. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll just have to watch, you know, I, I mean, look how long it took for I, the She-Hulk to get an answer whether or not it was going to be a second season or not. So, you know, it may be for various reasons, not just because they decided the the show didn't have the viewership. It could have been like, like, um, you know, Disney is, is and Marvel are redoing their whole thing because of um, how things went this year. But either either way, if if the show had been a major success, I, I would think there would have been a season two. So, um, well, you Barrett, you, your thoughts on on this all all this with with how Chris Black and the producers aren't necessarily <laughs> disagreeing, uh, but they're not. There's no information either. And so, yeah, with no information, there's nothing to go on, and I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, either they're going to come out with another one, and if they don't, I won't really miss it because this was just okay. So I'm not like, I don't know. My speculation limit is reached when there's nothing to see out there. <laughs> sure, sure. So I'm guessing that um, let's, let's, let's assume there is a season two, 2626. Um, and we are still here and we're still doing podcasting. Um, I would believe that unless, unless we hear something really bad about it, uh, the three of us will, will come back to do a season two of King of Kaiju. Am I correct? I would. Yeah. I'm yeah. open to it. Yeah. 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 Now, now, um, there's a couple of times where, where we, we folded podcasts, uh, me and Mike, had done American Gods for two seasons, and after the second season, we decided, especially you know with the two-year gap, like most of these shows are nowadays, decided that the show just wasn't for us, and and we recorded a two-minute episode saying that we've uh, when season three came out that we we have discontinued the podcast, and then um uh what was that that that's that steampunk show that we did Barrett me you Let's and I think Sean Farr Nevers. The Nevers? You know, the, the Nevers, yeah, yeah. So that one, uh, same thing. We did the one season. show got, wasn't really that good, I felt, and was stuck in limbo. for, And then came, finally came out 
again on Tubi, I think it was, as season two. Uh, but at that point, um, I think none of us except maybe Kevin Letts uh, would have been really that curious to do a season two. I mean, we could have, but but I don't think it was anything that we said, oh, we must do a season two, like, say, if it was Game of Thrones or, or whatnot. Am I right to say that, Barrett? Yeah. Yeah. So, but here, um, I think I think we, we would we would be uh, coming back. So, what that means, for listeners of this feed that follow us, because there's a couple of places you can follow us on this feed, which is the King of Kaiju, a, Leg- a Monarch Legacy of Monsters podcast. In the other feed is Dark Discussions podcast feed, which includes Dark Discussions podcast, which we're all on, and all of our affiliated podcasts that your co-hosts appear on. Um, and so if you only follow the first one, the King of Kaiju um, feed, um, then obviously it's going to be a little harder to, see, to follow us until the show actually reappears where we'll uh, come back. Um, but we will have various monster episodes pop up on this feed if you just follow this feed. So, for example, uh, we're most likely going to do a Dark Discussions episode similar to we did Godzilla 01 episode, uh, I mean, minus one episode, and we put it on this feed too. Uh, we'll probably do the same thing with Godzilla versus Kong. But uh, if other MonsterVerse films appear, we'll probably drop them on this feed as well, maybe even Jurassic World films, things like that, that would be Kaiju-related, but um, we'll be in hiatus uh, specifically for this show until Season 2 comes out, assuming there ever is a Season 2. But you can always follow us uh, on the Dark Discussions podcast, which is a podcast that talks weekly about genre cinema, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy thrills, techno thrills, and such. So a lot of... um, Horror films. Um, what, are, what are some of the examples of horror films that, that we've done um, to get a, a feel of what they are? Uh, we did, you know, like Smile, right? Um, Barbarian. Yeah, we did yeah. Smile, Barbarian. We did. Um, oh God, what was the last one we did? Was um, uh, Suitable Flesh. Um, they had most of what comes out in theaters, although not all of it. I don't think we're planning on. Uh, the Killer Pool movie, uh, Night Swim. Um, but and I could see us doing something like, like the Pope's Ex- Yeah, like the Pope's Exorcist. We didn't do that missed, for the show, yeah, we, but we I saw it, too. and Eric yeah. saw it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a matter of what what's out at the time. Candyland. There was a lot of independent films. Candyland was one. Uh, Follow Her was another. Um, but again, those are those are more obscure movies. I'm not sure everybody would have seen. Obviously, Evil Dead. Um, Evil yeah, Dead Rise. Rise. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla minus one. Um, I'm just thinking things on my on my list from last year. So we have a listener request, uh, our our uh, Patreon request, which is the following, which we're going to be recording in two days. Uh, no, fallen, fallen, right? That's called uh, the yep. fallen, not fallen. Following the fallen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we've done some other other episodes too. Uh, uh, that aren't straight horror, like uh, J- the first John Wick film, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves film. Uh, we did the science fiction indie film, The Artifice Girl. 
we did uh, the Paul Schrader's uh, drama slash thriller Master Gardner. Uh, but then, of course, we did um, straight horror films as well, like Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, um, Elizabeth Banks's uh, Cocaine Beer. Um, Medieval Lurks, Totally Killer, Nefarious, Cobweb, Megan. Megan, Dark Harvest, <laughs> Dark Harvest, yep. Angry Black uh, Girl and her monster, Girl and monster, Influencer, Knock at the Cabin, yeah, Influencer, Side, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of big things, and of course, uh, some of our favorite films like Skinnamarink and Bad Things. Yeah, oh, yes, God. two of the worst oh. films of the year. Yeah, that, was, that was that was tough. Um, so yeah, so uh, we we got a good eclectic mix of uh, type of films. Over on the Dark Discussions podcast, where all three of your co-hosts here are joined with co-host Eric, and uh, we discuss a new film every week, uh, whether uh, at the theaters or VOD only. Um, and most of the films are brand new too, uh, meaning they were just released and not, um, you know, films from 30 years ago, for example, except in special occasions where we've done a few of those, um, such as like Alien and The Exorcist and The Thing and things of that nature that um, are tentpole thick pictures that we do every 50th episode uh, to give respect to our forbearing horror films that make all the ones uh, have their influence uh, that we see in today. Um, all right, so that's one podcast. So, uh, Barrett, what's that other podcast that myself and you do that we have a group of random co-hosts? Halloween Boutique uh, Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, we do all sorts of things on that podcast. We interview directors, writers. Um, we've reviewed books. Uh, things that don't necessarily make dark discussions will sometimes make uh, that podcast. Um, so you can see just about anything there. Indeed. And, uh, Mike, what's that podcast that myself and you and Eric do on the side, uh, every so often? Let's see. Cinema a la carte, cinema a la carte podcast, uh, where we basically take turns picking a film that is not a horror or monster movie typically, although we have reviewed things like, um, Forbidden Planet that may or may not cover a monster movie theme. Um, but Ooh, that would be a kind of a, a cool kaiju, the, the monster from Forbidden Planet. From the monster yeah. from the id, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, and, but we've done, like, I'm just thinking, we've done dramas like Starlet. We've done, uh, did a disaster movie and side adventure thrillers like uh, The Edge and uh, Collateral. And we've done, did a Western, which was Hostels. Uh, we did an animated film, Inside Out. We just did uh, Risky Business, which is a comedy. So we've been all over the place, and we've got a sports movie coming up next. So it's just really whichever one of us picks the movie, and then we move on, and it's something that would not be covered under, under the main umbrella of the Dark Discussions podcast. Um, and we do that sort of to fill in when we happen to have the time, which we are all very busy, so we don't have that much time, but uh, roughly once a month or once every two months. Yep, sounds right. And uh, Barrett, what's that show uh, podcast that we did on a show that uh, wrapped up recently that uh, was on Netflix? We did, we did a podcast. Oh, a Hancock and the One Piece. Uh, the show was named One Piece, and it was yours and my best show of last year. Um, 
great show, great podcast. Listen to it. Indeed. And Mike, what's the new part, or I said the returning podcast that myself, you, John Fox, and Barrett are going to pick up in February? Uh, that would be Cortana Communiques, a Hello podcast, which um, we reviewed the first season. Found it lacking, um, and we don't mean lacking the way we mean we've found uh, MonsterVerse, uh, a, a the MonsterVerse series inconsistent. We meant it was just not good, um, and uh, hopefully there. But before that show even aired, we knew that there was going to be a change in showrunners. Bad sign, uh, and so we're at least going to start that with uh, fingers crossed that they've found the correct direction. Yeah, that's right. They they do have new showrunners, don't they? Yeah. Mercy. All right. So uh, if you still want to follow us and get all these shows in your in a feed, the best place to do is go to Dark Discussions Podcast, wherever podcasts are found, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dark Discussions Podcast has all those podcasts, including this one here in its feed, um, and you won't miss any of them. Uh, and you can continue to follow us, even though uh, this show here, this King of Kaiser show and Monarch Legacy of Monsters is on hiatus. Um, even if we do drop an episode here or there of like Godzilla versus Kong. Um, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. You can go to www.darkdiscussions.com. Also, where all the podcasts are located, including some of our friends' podcasts. And uh, we do have the Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast. Um, anybody want to uh, say anything to our listeners before we uh, start heading out? Anything? Anyone? I guess not, which is okay because uh, – um, we haven't got any emails, even though we know there was a lot of people that were listening to us. So, with all that stated, until our return, uh, Mike, why don't you leave us out? Well, thank you once again for listening to King of Kaiju, a Monarch Legacy of Monsters podcast. This was the end of our first season. It was the end of the first season of the TV show. Uh, we were mixed of opinion, but overall liked it and are hopeful that it will return and hopeful that it will return even better than it was before. And if not, uh, you might still be able to hear us when, uh, Godzilla Loves Kong drops in March. Monarch was there in San Francisco. When the whole city was coming down, these guys were taking pictures, like they've been waiting for it. You think that your father was working for them? This stuff wasn't a safe. Who are they? What's Monarch? This is the world we live in. Monsters are an inescapable reality. Those files belong to us, and they are more important than you could possibly imagine. This is going to give me nightmares. Now, you can choke down that monarch lie. 
about your father disappearing or we can find out what really happened before it's too late It's not ours. Believe me. It is so much more vast than we could possibly imagine. These monsters and Monarch have taken everything from me. No more. The world is on fire. If you want to save millions of lives, we can use some help. 